so yeah when when did you have chickens though i'm curious yeah i had chickens basically from first grade until seventh or eighth grade so was that like really so you guys would eat their eggs oh yeah definitely we had like at at the most we had like eight running around at some point and we had you know we're living in a small town but it was like a normal neighborhood so we're probably a nuisance chickens waking Mm -hmm. everyone up yeah people have a different relationship with their chickens yeah yeah yeah, i could hear you um sometimes the video will get a little bit spotty um but the audio usually comes through so um, so, yeah so sometimes the video might freeze up a little bit Um, yeah but yeah people really have a a different relationship with their chickens depending on if they use them for eggs or meat (laughs) you know what i mean just you mean so it's either like you use their eggs or you're like friends with them or or you use them for eggs yeah, or you're yeah. either like you take them to the slaughterhouse oh, yeah gotcha. no, I, that. I couldn't do it but i can see other people uh, do but no, yeah they're my friends I, well so welcome back everybody to the Elijah Fame podcast we're here with cryptic enigma i met cryptic down in austin texas and man cryptic i gotta say Dude, I love uh, how welcomed I felt whenever I was down there in Austin by you. I felt like you, you, uh, you know, you kind of like I felt like I got showed around a little bit, especially because we met at this little pop up art exhibit, right? Yeah, and, we, we met at. Uh, they had a little show. We were set up outside, and that's pretty much where where I had just first uh, talked to y'all, you and Marley. Yeah, we we were setting up these uh, these makeshift. They had these these drywall boards that were up mm-hmm. and down. And um, we were like, we ran out of screws, like the people who were hosting the event ran out of screws. So we were like taping them together with like masking tape and stuff. Yeah. It was really rigged together. But I remember you were out there, you were like one of the few people out there who were actually helping some of the other people just sitting around twiddling their thumbs. But me and you, we got right into it. We were trying to yeah. help out. And then I was like, that left a good impression with me. I'm like, this guy just goes out there and you know, like he gets right into the action. So, and then and then I hadn't, you know, like I, I went back to, to Maryland and then I hadn't been in Austin for a while. And then next time I came out to Austin earlier on this year, I was like, I got to reach out to Cryptic. And then uh, and then after we had that conversation, I'm like, I just got to stay in touch because, you know, it's always good to stay in touch with a fellow artist. Right. You know, of course. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was, it was great talking to you all again. It's cool to also see the difference from where y'all are from. And then when y'all come over here and y'all checking it out, checking out the art scene and just kind of becoming, y'all really became involved in them. We're just like down here hustling, making moves. Y'all were painting. So more than some people who are actually living here, you know, y'all came over here and we're like taking over for a bit. So that's good. Yeah, man, I love Austin, Texas. I mean, uh, you like it too, right? Like, yeah, I do. I do. Especially the art scene. That's one of the reasons why I moved down here is it's like a no-brainer is just following the energy and you can still feel that energy it's getting better it's it's better than what it used to be too and in those respects uh like with the art i think Mm -hmm. what is it about the art scene that that you like so much when i first uh when i first came to austin i remember i was in grade school and just looking out the window i was looking at murals there were murals all around town driving around and like that was the first time that i really wanted to paint walls and paint not just walls, but I remember looking through, looking at a, the bridge. Uh, I think it's the, the one with South Congress, and then you could see some murals and stuff. I, mm-hmm. I had like a dream of 
like painting the bridge, painting railings, just painting everything, being like, you know, this, this city seems to accept colorful, just uh, something out of the ordinary, not just like boring, regular cityscape that is just like plain, you know what I mean? So you just notice it right away with the murals. So it's just in your face right away, the art. So yeah so that's what that's what brought you to there was the art scene so i'm guessing you went there and checked it out first before you moved yeah yeah it, it had been a while so i like i said i was here it, i stopped by in grade school my uncles live here and they're actually huge into art so they got me into art they bought me my my art supplies first time i got really got real supplies then i went to college i went louisiana came back uh, when I kind of wanted to get it more established, I said, I'm going to come to Austin. They have a lot of energy and art and music. And uh, so it's weird. I've, I've been shifting through a lot of different things. Uh, mm -hmm. I shifted to music and I said, I'm going to do music in Austin, but they have a lot of art and I love the art. So I, I focused on the music first. Dude, it's a really a great place for music, for art, for comedy, for so many different things. I mean, the music scene there is insane. Like uh, I went down to Sixth Street, you know, on the night one night whenever yeah. whenever they close it down. Is that like how often do they do that? Where they close down the whole entire street? Every night. It really? seems like no, but like like <laughs> sometimes, sometimes like it'd be like a Monday or a Wednesday, and they they close it down after a certain time. I think mm -hmm. they don't do that as much, or they like only do like a small portion of it, like the like the really really condensed bar area, but they would pretty much close at least part of it out because people just be walking on the street and uh, there's no, there's no reason to have traffic through there when there's just a bunch of drunk people, people having fun yeah. on the streets. Kind of like live. Uh, Bourbon Street and like that. I don't know if you've been yeah. to uh, New Orleans, but stuff like that. It's, it's very similar. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was, it was wild down there. It was an experience. Yeah. So how did you get started into art? You said your uncle had bought you some supplies. Like how old were you and, and yeah, what? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So way back, my my uncle had bought me supplies. That was, I want to say I was like seven or something, but that wasn't when I started. I really started when I was just in school, whenever I, I got a pencil and I just started, probably most people start when they're bored in school, just doodling, I'm sure. That's something mm -hmm. that you really you really got into when you were in school, I assume. Um, just doodling, doodling, and then just the the biggest thing that I really put uh, effort into, I think, was just drawing things for my mom. She's like a huge part of my life. The mm -hmm. Really, one of the best things I had made like early on was like I painted, I drew a picture of the Pope, uh, John Paul, for her, uh -huh. and like. It was it was pretty good actually. I was probably like five or six, and it was it was really good. But I was I would cry because I wanted it to be better. Like I wanted to. I'm like, no, this isn't good enough. I was already like super super hard on myself. I would cry trying to make better, and then I'd a lot of things like I grew up really religious, so I would be drawing crosses everywhere, cool different kinds of crosses, cool stuff, just skateboarding type things. Because uh, I was younger, I'd be skating. And uh, religious, so I'd be doing like doodling pictures of Jesus, and then that's how kind of how I got into portraits too. But just early on, it was just like trying to um, alleviate boredom and kind of let some creativity out. I think. Wow. So, so you were drawing. You started off 
and your mom was like your patron like she would pay you with love and you would give her pictures back yeah exactly yeah yeah she was she's the one who was uh you know there so my my de uh, parents had had a divorce and there's a bunch of tough times and stuff uh super tough like school was just not happening for me i be i became homeschooled like like involuntarily because i would get panic attacks cry every day i suffered through depression and stuff mostly from i guess the separation and a bunch of things uh bunch of things uh but uh a lot of it was kind of alleviated with music and art because i had like these two sides i would spend five hours a day playing guitar and then you know i'd be super into music but i'd also if i was forced to go to school i'd be there drawing i, I don't have a guitar at school so i'd be just drawing and stuff like that so it was a good outlet and then eventually that that super weird like focusing uh on those skills just you know those weird skills like throughout the day i eventually i guess i built up a little little motor reflex so i can do a little painting a little drawing kind of built my foundation there in school yeah you, you definitely build that muscle memory after just doing it over and over and over again and it just becomes yeah. second nature um i know did you get in did you get in trouble for drawing in school? Yes, I did definitely, but like, I mean, I made it. I graduated. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think a lot of people were were pretty laid back with it because I wasn't like a super, uh, like I was a punk and stuff, but I wasn't super trying to like get myself like kicked out or anything. So I I draw on mm -hmm. tests and send them a little little cartoon with the test, and most teachers would just laugh or whatever. Most people were cool with my drawings. Yeah, so you weren't cool. necessarily trying to like cause a ruckus or cause a problem. You were just trying to do your best to get by and just do like, do you, you know, like just to do, exactly. uh, like add your own little spin on the test, you know, like add in your own yeah. little doodles. Hell yeah. That's, so, that's right, man. Yeah. So you had this inspiration from religious work from a young age. Um, mm -hmm. What what religion did you grow up in? Catholic. Yep. Are you still a practicing Catholic now? Yes, yes. It's been a it's been a journey, really. So that that's what kind of when when I, uh, I was peaking interest in art, also like even just early, I'd always go to church with my mom, especially she was really, uh, really the one that was getting me into religion, and uh, it got us through tough times, just like praying together and stuff. So it's not just like a religion; it's a it's a culture. It's uh it's a way of life. It's a, it's something that, that they're, uh, the, uh, religious practices and the, the rules is they're, they're kind of what got us like morally grounded when there was, everything was chaotic. So what was I getting at? I was getting at the, the art, like you go to a mm -hmm. church, you go to different churches and stuff. Like there's some amazing artwork that's architecture yes. artwork that's something that i i noticed right away and uh that really influenced me um i got into metal i got into like skateboarding and they had like opposite stuff but i loved that graffiti metal skateboarding stuff while while i was like catholic and it was just like a weird mixture of like i mean i looking back you know you could say metal is like satanic and like literally is satanic and stuff but that's not that's not what I was like getting from it. I was getting like relief and like, you know, I had angst and I was like, ah, teenager and yeah, shit. Yeah. So, 
Uh, yeah, so it, 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 you say whatever the fuck you want, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel because like I grew up religious too, and and then there is this like whenever I hit a certain age, I got interested in the opposite end of the spectrum. Like I wanted to watch horror movies. I wanted to mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to listen to like heavy metal and all that. And it was almost yeah. like like I want to see the other side of the story, kind of. You know what I mean? And then, uh, but then I feel like it kind of comes back full circle and then you could eventually get to where, um, you know, it's like you, if you grew up in a, especially if it's like a sheltered religious environment, you know, it's like you, you almost kind of like have to have, I mean, the Amish is a great example. They mm-hmm. send out their oh. kids out into the real world whenever they hit a certain age and say, look, go out, experience the world. Well, you need to see what the other side is. And then Which is you crazy. Can, Cause they, yeah. they, go, they go like, full left turn or right turn or whatever they're like whoa this that's really intense i don't know but do you think they make it back like like do they actually make it back and they're like you know what we had our fun but let's go back to the the good old traditional way or i I don't know like i wonder i wonder how how many yeah because i know i mean i know amish is one of the biggest growing religions and really? uh yeah all, muslim, muslim and amish yeah yeah muslim and amish because like one of the school like one of the murals that we did earlier this year was for austin peace academy the muslim school down there mm-hmm. and i made some muslim friends down there and i was really unfamiliar with that religion and um and hearing them talk about how fast it's growing and, and talk about that it really um you know it, it made me have a new respect because it's hard to um, necessarily respect something properly if you don't really quite understand it. You know what I mean? Um, and so that I feel like just being able to be there and, and have that opportunity. And I had another place in Texas where I got to have an opportunity to experience something because I didn't grow up Catholic. But I, but like just recently before, like last year, I started like looking into like Catholic mass and like starting to attend some different mass to go check it out and just see what it was all about. And these are all places in my hometown. But mm-hmm. I'd never seen a Latin mass before. And oh, Austin was the first place yeah. I ever saw a Latin mass. The and one downtown that, probably. Yeah, what's the, it's, yeah. it's the St. Mary's? Uh, is that what it is? I think so. Because uh, there's two. There's one that's, well, they're kind of close by. Yeah, I, I think it's St. Mary's, the one that's the Latin one. Because then there's the one that's closer to the drag, like by the university, it's like, yeah, yeah. But, but both are cool. Yeah, that Latin mass is cool. It was so you've seen Latin mass before. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So did you grow up going to Latin mass, or, or were you just like English mass, or did you go back and forth? Um, no, we mostly went to Spanish mass because my mom mm-hmm. only speaks Spanish, so <laughs> I was there. Um, we went to English sometimes, but it, they didn't really have Latin masses down there. It's small, smaller town, so mm-hmm. they didn't really offer Latin masses, but. I had seen them in videos and then saw them in person. And they're really cool. It's it's so different, just just the way that like their priest is facing the altar rather than facing the people in the other masses. And, I don't know. There's there's differences, but it's they're both both equally uh, equally digestible in their own way, and they're both important. I think. Yeah, I didn't notice the the priest was facing the different way because I guess I I didn't really have much of like to know what the other version of the mass looked like, but it felt mm. like I was in this time capsule where it was like it could be in the future or it could be two thousand years in the past and we yeah. don't know. Like oh. it felt so ancient and so deep and resonant and um, I loved it. yeah, yeah, it was like 
one of those places where you walk in and you just kind of want to whisper automatically where you don't want, you don't want to be, you don't want to be like uh, talking too loud because it just feels like there's like a heaviness in the air almost like there's something bizarre. They're, they're walking around. They have the, um, like the, what's it called? Uh, what's that thing called that, that they have the, the incense? Frankincense. In? Oh, yeah, is it called like a, it's, it's like a thrusible or something, something like that. Mm, I'm probably pronouncing yeah, that wrong. Great. I don't remember what that's called. But yeah. it's it's yeah. like uh, smells it's, good. Yeah, it's like magic almost. You know, like it's it's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but it was it's it was really really amazing, and I've never seen anything like that before. And and that was really one of my inspirations was was just seeing the like the the art, the stained glass. It blew my mind. It it was really amazing. So, stained glass. Yep. That that's the the something I would stare at just, you know, just being in mass here, kind of forced to stare at the stained glass and be like, what's this? And seeing kind of something similar behind you. I see the mural behind you. Love that mural. Uh, yeah. I have some pictures of it. So stuff like that in stained glass form, which is like blows your mind really. It's yeah. And, and your work has this stained glass look sort of mm. to it, you know, like, cause it has these big groups of, and a lot of them were like primary colors. You got, I, I know you got like your reds or greens, your blues and all of that. And those are the colors that really shine through those windows. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it reminds me of Andy Warhol whenever he would, you know, like he would put, put these icons, but then he grew up in the, in the Catholic mass where he would go see all the icons. And so then he found a way to like bring oh. the secular back to the religious and like he ventured off and did his own thing. I feel like that's yeah. something of like the artist's journey, right? Like we got to go out and uh, mm. we got to leave, we got to leave home. We got to yeah. go out and see the other side. But then you gotta almost like come back to where you started too, and like and like come back to your roots. That's right. That's right. And it's a tough journey. I don't know. I don't know if we have to do that or people will have to do that because there's. I think it takes a lot to kind of gain footing, and it takes luck, and it takes like a lot of things. It's a family, you have to have family and backup to kind of bring you back to on your footing. Because if you start off say you start off like religious and then you go out you go to college of course where things really uh are different and change and you're kind of more made an impression on onto you if you don't have a family to come back to or people who are kind of I'm, I'm not saying like you know you have to go back to like your family and stuff but mm -hmm. they're they're kind of there to, to ground you um if you're not coming back to them then what are you coming back to like you, you're starting on your own and you're just kind of doing whatever's at your whim, at, at your service, and you're kind of just going from there. So I don't know. It's it's just kind of it's it's interesting, and people do need to kind of see what's out there and kind of I guess make their own journey. I don't know if it's uh, if it's good or bad. So what does your mom think of of your art now, of your journey, of what what you've become, of how you grew up now? Like, do you are you still have a good relationship with her? Uh, do you still mm -hmm. make pictures for her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I haven't painted for her in a while. It's been it's been a while. She lived here for for a bit uh, recently, and you know I just go back and forth, always visit her, I'll always call her and stuff. So she's really supportive, really cool. It's weird. She w didn't push religion on me. She she you know did did practice it and taught me. But I'd be listening to like you know Cabal Corpse and all this stuff in the car while she's there, and she didn't care. Like she didn't really. Like, not really she would kind of say like that stuff's not good for you but she didn't like she wasn't like mean about it or anything she said like you do you but uh yeah so the, i think the, a big part of me just being like comfortable and being 
any space or kind of learning a different space without feeling like, oh, I'm now I'm going to become this because I'm listening to metal or whatever. It's like uh, her being kind of like just letting me roam free and let me and not, you know, dissing me or just being being critical. So she was always cool with me, but she always knew that I, I had like good intentions and and she always figured that I'd, I'd be kind of like still following God or, or in, in that sense, uh, no matter where, where I was or what I was doing, I believe. Wow, dude, that's amazing. That's like, a, that's such a great I'm, mom I'm to too have. I'm fortunate, dude. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, I, I thought most moms were like that. And then, you know, you go out into the world and you meet people and you're like, this is not what most people's moms are. And it's, it's kind of sad, but, you know, it's just just something that, that I wish people would be able to experience better uh, family and, and better people to guide them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just in any aspect of life. So do you have children? Uh, yeah, I have two kids. How old are they? Uh, let's see. Scarlett is five months old and uh, Mason, he's about to be three. Oh, wow. So that's so that's uh, very new for a Scarlett. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's yeah. new to the world. <laughs> so, yeah, so still learning. So what's it like being a parent and being an artist and being who you are in a, in a city where it's like you're away from home kind of and and you're there being a parent what's that like um it's all a learning experience because you know there's a lot of things that i wish we would learn in school rather than just like getting thrown out in the world and like finding out it's like where you get established really matters because although like i do love the art scene and stuff but also like specifically where I am now, I got to look into schools. I got to look into like, like what's, where, where are we going? Like even adjacent to the grocery store being like, there's no HEB close to me that well, like mm-hmm. 20 minutes away. So I wish I lived closer to an HEB. I wish I lived, you know, and then, oh, there's a school there, but, or, you know, stuff like that, that you don't think about until like it actually happens. It's like, oh, I don't know. You know, you can't know everything. But what was the question again? Every oh, in yeah, this area, yeah. yeah. What's it like being mm. a, being a dad and being an artist? You know, like do you, do your uh, kids express any interest in art, or are they creative? <laughs> uh, Mason is definitely like he's he's almost like a replica of me. It's crazy. Um, <laughs> he's like like exactly me, and uh, he loves to paint and draw, and like he'll get super excited if we give him paint, and he'll just go wild and and. Uh, so I can definitely see that happening. Uh, I'm not going to try to like push it on him. Yeah. I'm going to show him like as, as best as I can. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell. Cause I don't want him to be super fixated on it. Like me in some sense, but I also do want him to like learn how to do, uh, just express himself with art and be uh, comfortable using colors and drawing and stuff. I think it's cool, but I'm, I'm not going to like super push it on him. I'm going to see mm-hmm. gauge where he's at looking from looking like where he's at now. It looks like he's really going to be into it. Yeah. I mean, that's super fixated on it. Like you just said, mm-hmm. it's like a blessing and a curse, it could be, right? <laughs> it could be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah I, don't I mean, know. cause you could make great art. Like you're getting really upset because I have that problem too. I'll get so upset at myself for not having the picture come out how I wanted it to, if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. that it, it makes me be able to like picture an exact image in my head and almost get it exactly how I want to. 
um, because mm. I'll get so upset that like, you know, like it's almost like I have to do it or I don't feel right, you know, but then it could also be a yeah. curse because it's like, you don't necessarily want that for someone you care about. Cause you know, it's like they're, you, they might be upset a lot, you know, if they don't have, especially if they can't find that outlet. And so it's uh you know, it's, there's there's so many different pros that you could have and benefits that you could have from being yeah. obsessive but there's also a lot of downsides to being obsessive and i think what you said about having your family or having someone there to help ground you and and see back to that big picture is so useful yeah. and so helpful you saying that like that that's a good that's a good point i was thinking like i guess it is mostly positive like like if you if you think about it like it's better for them to be fixated on something like art rather than you know some way worse i don't know like alcohol drugs something so yeah this this is probably like the best way that or music it's like even though they'll have like difficulties but really the if you think about it the the biggest like i guess problem with it would be the i don't know how to say this the I don't want to say like art community, but like the glass ceiling of if he really wants to get like serious with art, then breaking through that glass ceiling of like becoming an artist and the people that are associated with it in some parts. And uh, yeah, I think that's so, what I'm trying to say. So what it, what exactly, I've heard that phrase glass ceiling and I heard it a while ago, but I can never remember. What does that mean exactly? I, I, good question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good question. So, I think it means that there's like barriers of entry. Yes. I think yes. that's what it means. I should have just said that. But uh, yeah, have you heard of the the tipping point by Malcolm Gladwell? The book. So, so, I know Malcolm Gladwell, but um, what's the tipping point? Is so a, the tipping point is kind of like whenever people hit that breakthrough with whatever it is in their career, a business or an mm. individual or whatever. And it's like, there's a time whenever you're really working on something and you're working it, it's almost like you're pushing a rock up the hill, you know? And I, I don't know if he uses this metaphor of the rock up the hill, and I might be butchering his whole theory right now. But the way I think about it is like you're pushing up a rock up the hill. And at any point, if you stop pushing, it's just going to roll back and crush you. And so it's like the first oh, part is just brutal. It's so hard. But then there comes a point when you get over the top of the hill where it's like you did so much work. Now that ball is rolling down the other side. You can't even stop it if you try. And that's like that tipping point. It's like whenever the career takes off. It's like, you know, you've, you have such a foundation built to your business that it's mm -hmm. almost hard for your business to fail because you had mm -hmm. such a great foundation. And I feel like that's nice. That's what yeah. I thought whenever you that's said like of, about the barrier to entry. It's like that barrier to entry is like, a long time of commitment you know and, and it's different for everybody of how long you have to commit before you see that result and sometimes it could be the commitment of being able to just produce the picture that you want before even the money's in in the pic uh, money's in the picture it's like well maybe i just want to i can't get that to where i draw and it comes out how i wanted to draw and some people can't. have many many rocks to push up maybe maybe it's multiple and different varying levels of like Okay, the, the first one is getting that, like, you know, your style, you're getting better at, at that, you know, painting or your style, right? Or, and then the next, yeah. the next obstacle would be like getting it out there or getting an audience or something like that, maybe.
Yeah. I wonder if he said if it's him. Somebody said like, um, success is like preparation meets like opportunity. So you're just always preparing, always preparing, and then as long as you're always preparing, eventually that opportunity is gonna cross. Like just chance, or I don't know, you'll just be able, someone will hit you up. Hey, I see you have like a bunch of art that you've been preparing all this time. Now let's put it into a gallery, something like that. Like, dude, like, absolutely. You just keep going at it. Yeah, some people are like, oh, man, you know, I just never got to catch a lucky break. But you might actually have a lucky break right in front of your face, but you're just not prepared for it. And so you don't even know the opportunity exists. And I, yeah, feel, like, yeah. I feel like that happens to us a lot um, in, in life where it's like, you know, uh, you're, you're not necessarily prepared or you're looking for something that necessarily doesn't exist. And then you're missing whatever could be right in front of your face of of whatever your opportunity is. That's how I felt when Agreed. I came to Austin. Yes. I felt like, um, cause we booked the Airbnb before we had a deal down there. And mm-hmm. it was, I mean, like it was a large portion of my bank account that was invested into this trip. Uh, well over half of my savings was invested into this like trip. I'm like, if we don't find the deal, yeah. we yeah. are coming back dead broke. But but the thing is, it's like if we wouldn't have been out there looking for the opportunity, it's like, yeah, we got lucky. We met the right lady who who was able to commission. And then we met two other people who were able to commission stuff. But that wouldn't have happened if we wouldn't have spent all the money to get down there and then wouldn't That's have right. made the thousand phone calls that we did and sent the 2,000 emails to go finally yeah. get a lead. Get, get a lead right. you, were ca- you were casting a large net. So that's good. You like you, you make a bigger yes. net as you're, you know calling other outlets calling that's kind of like how it, that's how it is man just especially with meeting people that's the biggest thing like if if anyone wants to like get get more into like getting your art out there and stuff the biggest thing from that i've found is really just uh becoming friends and and um, especially becoming friends with artists that you're really similar in style or you like their style like you authentically like their style not just I'm not saying go out there and become friends with everyone in the hopes that somebody, you know, gets uh, connects with you and gets you a deal or whatever. But mm-hmm. especially like, 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 honestly, become authentically friend friendly with people who are either like minded or like they have a similar style or like you know someone you look up to. Like, dude, I love that guy's style. Like, befriend them, and then that's kind of how you make the best connections. Because then you get can get into galleries that like y'all have similar style. You know, I'm just talking about like getting into galleries or, you know, could apply yeah. other things like making murals and stuff like that. It's like a, a, a seed, you know, it's like you could plant <laughs> your seed uh, of like for your garden. But if you only plant one, if you only have, make that one connection, you don't know if that one's even going to take root. So you could just be in the good habit of planting seeds of kindness and friendliness everywhere you go. And you don't know whenever you'll come back a year later and be like, God damn, this is a giant tree now. And look at all the fruit <laughs> on it, you know? And, yeah. um, but you could, you know, but right. being, being impatient, I, I feel like that uh, that's happened before where, where, you know, it's like, I've noticed artists who could get impatient and they're like, well, why just haven't I had that breakthrough yet? And, and they'll have planted that seed, but they're like expecting harvest like in early spring when it's like dude harvest doesn't come till fall man like you gotta yeah. you gotta water oh, that shit got, for a while <laughs> man, we're dropping dropping truths over here motivational quotes and everything dude we're, we got <laughs> i like i like it i like it we're just, yeah. uh, 
We're connecting I'm, every single motivational quote into one entire like life lesson right now. Yes, I like it. That's my life, man. I'm always trying to connect <laughs> things back to center. You know, like I, yeah. I, I try to approach things with like a sense of harmony and oneness because being creative, I feel like you would understand this well because you do music, you do art, you, you do, a, you do like you're a very creative person. And so whenever you're creative, it can almost feel like you're, your interests are like taking you away from wherever your center is, whatever that means. Mm, and then, yeah, true. so constantly trying to find a way to bring it all back and tie it in together and make sure like that your one interest isn't necessarily sabotaging what you're going to need for the future. Like here's this is a question I've been asking myself for a while. It's like, how, how do we know that what we want is what we need or what's good for us? How do we know that what we want is what, is this, what we need? Yeah. How do we know that what we want what is we the want same thing as what we need? Oh, what we need. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Because sometimes yeah, we'll be question. wanting something that's not good for our future selves. You know, that's how I definitely, feel. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, yeah, yeah, it could really affect your future, really, really affect like where you go, your trajectory, um, it can really deter you. Like you said, something can take you off of your center or pull you away. Like if you're, you're really going to one direction or yeah, that's, that's a good question. I don't think we could know, but we could maybe manage or maybe we can predict depending on, you know, we kind of know ourselves in some ways, like, Oh, I know if I, uh, well, you know, some people are like, that, that drink. Oh, I know if I have a drink, I'll have five more after that. So you can kind of predict, predict how you are. I think it's good to, it's really good to like, think about like the few past few days and be like, what did I do the day? And kind of like, see where you, where you kind of head like unconsciously. So do you see your, your music as, and your art as something that you have to like manage and, and steer in a direction that you're trying to go? Or is it more along the lines of just something where it's like, this is something that you do just because you're passionate about it and you're, you kind of let it go where it goes. Like how much of the reins, how much control do you take over the reins of, of your artistic and creative endeavors? Yeah, it used to be that I kind of just would let it go. It, it'd be a thing that was like, like the, the uh, ladder where you, where you said, just kind of let it go. And, and, kind of do it for the sake of doing it and for mm-hmm. being creative and stuff. And uh, it's more recently, especially when I came to Austin, that I was more like guiding it and uh, kind of making it, uh, forming it and, and, and shaping it and do, being very specific in things that I do, especially uh, to get it out there. Cause that's one of the harder or the most difficult parts, especially with creative people. Uh, they could be more like, or introverted or quiet they're not used to being like okay i made all this here you go let's show this all this vulnerable uh, uh creation to everybody and let's see what everyone thinks and stuff so that's that's the difficult part but i mean after you get uh, past a certain part and you're used to it it's it's kind of like you said kind of past that tipping point in that sense where like oh i can go out i can show people my art i can showcase it so now it's easier to get control i think like I can just start painting like recently I've been painting more like uh, kind of what I want, mm-hmm. but I can just easily be like, okay, now let me try to do some commission or uh, steer it in the way where I kind of control where it's going and stuff. So it, you, it becomes easier. It, it becomes like easier, like it's easier to drive once you drive a lot. And 
Yeah. What was the hardest part whenever you were starting off? Mm, let's see. Trying to think back. So when I I started first, I just started uh, with music here in Austin. I'll do shows. I'll mm -hmm. do like weekly. I'd, I'd be going out doing shows. Then COVID happened, and then I was like, okay, they're shutting everything down. I can't do music, so I'm definitely gonna go back to art and kind of start start back from there. I'm I'm trying to think in in the direction I was doing. So I, I started doing art. Um, it was easier because I knew the the people like the artists and rappers like the first thing i did i i think one of the first things i did was uh like hanging out with people i know like artists they had like a, a hip-hop show i did live painting at that show and we raffled the, the painting it's not something i've ever done and i was just i said hey can i live paint and then can i raffle it and kind of just start getting my name out and then all these people i already knew they're like hey you're an artist and and kind of just started doing that started going out and live painting that was that was what I was doing, like, li literally, like being like, here I am, I'm an artist, like physically getting in, like, not like calling people or, or messaging people, hey, I I'm an artist and stuff. No, I physically went places. I've gotten kicked out of places for live painting. Because, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's weird. Um, well, especially like I get it. Like I I've I've been to places and started live painting. There's a huge energy. A lot of people like it's like a huge i guess open outside bar and they're like hey who let you live paint here and i'm like I i'm doing you a favor basically I look look at all these people everyone's like coming up to me and like complimenting and stuff they're like hey you have to talk to the manager for that get out of here like what's <laughs> but, you know it's because that's it. ballsy though that's awesome Crazy. you know like to go out there into a because sometimes if you wait around for someone to ask you to uh to paint something for you you might just be waiting around, you know, like you have to go out and like you said, show people, show Dude, people I'm what you have you. to offer. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know something about the, like, I haven't thought about it until like now recently, but I'm just thinking like, I feel like life, like doing, like going out and being on life painting is the best way to kind of catch opportunities, open up that net and just catch opportunities in, in some ways. Uh, depending on where you go, you know, you can't just go out and paint. There's no one around and you don't really have any energy around you. You have to go be kind of specific, but uh, it's kind of like a, like a cheat code and, and like kind of getting, getting stuff started, like kind of forces things to happen. It's of course it's hard because like, you know, a lot of people, it'd be difficult to like live paint and be like, well, how do you even get started? How do you even like do that for, for some people? But I mean, if you can overcome that, I think, for anyone who's interested in doing that, like it could really, really uh, open up passages, open up doors and stuff. Absolutely. That you didn't even know. Absolutely. One of my uh, live paintings things that like, because I haven't done many live paintings at events, but I always like look out for like if there's a busy road next to a mural prospect. I'm always like, mm -hmm. I'll work extra hard to get this deal because, you know, that's oh, like a live okay, painting, a you know, it's like a, yeah. it's like you're literally live painting for every car that drives past them. And sometimes yeah. you, I mean, there may be thousands of people that drive by an hour that are seeing yeah. this and they're like, you know, they see this wall that's blank and all of a sudden now there's a picture there that brightens up their day. So uh, I, I try to think about that too, whenever I'm, you know, looking at what the wall is. I mean, I'll paint something if no one's going to see it just because, you know, if somebody <laughs> wants it and it's going to be in little 
a little closet somewhere where you know the only people are going to yeah. see it is going to see it through the internet. That's fine too. Yeah. But there's something mm-hmm. exciting yeah, too cool. about someone coming up while you're painting and saying, "Wow, that's awesome." But the the yeah. shitty part though is if someone comes up. And they start talking shit on your work. Have you ever had that happen where like someone comes up <laughs> and offers you like critique or criticism? Honestly, not really. Oh, Surprisingly, <laughs> I think I think look the, the good part about art is pretty ambiguous. I'm I'm not gonna lie. There's some like like I don't trash anybody's art, but there's trash out there. Like like you know just in general. <laughs> but I, I honestly don't trash people's art like ever. Like I would never never even like. Like, like try to, but there's trash out there. And I, I think it's hard for someone to trash art because it's so like subjective and there's so many different things. Like no one, it, it like, like you really have to have some audacity to go up to someone and be like, that's not good because like there's, there's things that are way worse. And it's like, like, you, you know, I don't know. There's so many, like, uh, so many things i don't you know what i mean like yeah yeah you could i mean be like, it's abstract it's uh it's uh you can see i'm it, it doesn't the face doesn't look right but that's on purpose you know you could kind of yeah bullshit yeah. but yeah no yeah. people are really cool like overly like i can't take compliments so people are like complimenting i'm like stop yeah you know? <laughs> yeah well man people in austin are nicer than they are up here on the east coast man really yeah, I mean, well, I, well, I get some criticisms for my work, and uh, oh man, yeah. is it the subject matter, or is dude, I got, it be like the subject matter? What, I got criticized for flowers, for literally for choosing. So there's this this mural um, I just finished up, and it was funded by the arts council, the local arts council, and um, and they had a grant where they were going to try to like beautify this little part of town, and so we we got the deal closed with them, and and so it was on the side of a flower shop. And this is in like a little mm-hmm. coal mining town. So like they have like a history of coal mining. And um, and so I was like, well, what? let's just do flowers. And we picked native flowers. So like Queen nice. Anne's Lace, Black Eyed Susan, Dandelion, Daisies, things like that. Some ferns, some little mushrooms. And we, we did it to where it's like it's native flowers. So it's relevant to the region. It's also in a flower shop. It's relative to the building. I thought it was a great subject matter. I thought it was innocent. It was like, like perfect. Invested. Sounds great. Sounds yeah. perfect. Yeah. But people are like, you know, you should have done something for coal miners, you know, since this is a coal mine town. Um, you should have done something more patriotic. And there's people, like, commenting. I, now, I don't want to make it seem like everybody's negative. I mean, that was, like, 1% yeah. of 1%. I mean, the overwhelming yeah. majority of people were, like, this Even, is like, beautiful. one person saying something is, like, really, what? Yeah, it's weird because I'll rate, like, one like person even. It's, yeah, it's, it's easy to, like, forget all the nice things that someone said if you have that one person that just goes in there and says something nasty mm. and um yeah and then they'll be like well why didn't you put this here why didn't you put that there mm. and um and people were like arguing about it online about the, the subject matter and this is Whoa, in a town crazy. with literally one other mural and i'm like you guys this building has been blank for like a hundred fucking years mm. now there's literally yeah. been nothing on here and the second someone puts up some flowers everybody complains because there's not a coal miner there instead what the hell? The, uh, first of all, yeah. how would you even like represent coal mining in a like in, yeah. in a beautiful way or in a like anyway? <laughs> I don't know, like a dirty. They're gonna be like, they're gonna be like, oh, you made this guy in blackface or something. I don't know, like yeah, how do you, well, you know he, what I mean? Like, he literally what, said to the guy said like uh, a dirty coal miner. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they requested. They said you should put a dirty face coal miner there. They literally said that. So, That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. yeah, but wow. yeah, I, well. 
dude it's it's the small towns where they're just like it's their territory right because i i can see how it's different like in austin you know it's just people mostly not from here so they see me painting a wall they'll be like oh that's cool but you know they don't have a deep attachment and then austin's already used to like you know things changing and art going everywhere so that's crazy i don't know i never thought about that but yeah in a small town one mural already and i I don't know. You gotta you gotta bring the change then if if you're gonna keep going or yeah yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. It's basically just like old grumpy people, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. But that's it, dude. That's a testament though for why I think artists should move to big cities. Mm. It's because mm. it's because you know like there's there's more opportunity, but then people are gonna be more accepting of your work because it's not gonna be like everybody's thinking really small and and, and people. You know, there's more of like thinking outside the box because mm. there's new stuff what popping up every day. But if you're in a place oh, yeah. where nothing new has popped up, like the biggest new thing that popped up is you guys got a new stop sign in your neighborhood last month. If that's like the biggest news that ever happened, you know, yeah. it's like people are going to argue about things. But in mm. a city where they're building highways and new skyscrapers and all this and all that, someone does a little painting on the building. People might notice for a day and then even forget about it because then the next day someone else is painting the other building down the street. And so people are That's just right. enjoying and having a good time, you know? So, well, okay. So there's, so maybe, maybe you're making a case for someone who's just, who's wanting to get established or wanting to get recognized and get stuff out there. Mm -hmm. But what if you do all that, you live in Austin, you, you do all that. Then you go to the small town, then you're like, I'm going to change the way is that, it, well, I'm not saying it's good or bad to change the way that they're, you know, a town with no murals or no, mm -hmm. no art. If you go there and uh, you put in your art and you're putting your murals in, uh, the good thing would be that like a, a kid who's living there, not used to that stuff, sees a mural and is like, "Whoa, that's you could do that!" Like you know, you've already like affected a kid, you've affected people, grow, kids growing up and being like, "You can make murals and that mural's so cool," and they kind of get into it like that. Dude, that's so, so true. I don't know. That's so true. That 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 could inspire people. Because it I might be the next step after going to the city to go into the small town and being like, yeah, bring your art there. Yeah, let just let your light shine all over the world, wherever you know. And it's okay to ruffle a few Maybe. feathers and piss a pe few people off as long as you have good intentions yeah. and you're doing good shit. You know, I mean, it's one thing to say like, oh, I got good intentions, but you're you know you're obviously creating mayhem. But but yeah. if you're if you really genuinely have good intentions and you're genuinely doing good work and you're genuinely learning and you're genuinely improving on the space and on the um, the environment that people are in, you know, if some people get pissed off, you know, so what? Because I mean, like, cause I didn't see that of like seeing other people doing art or know that that was possible. It wasn't until I was like in my twenties where I knew you could make a living from being an artist. And then after that, I was yeah. like, man, I wish I would have known that whenever I was young. And, and yeah, so it's sometimes like in a city though, people will know like, Oh, there's, there's, so tremendous sense of possibility tremendous sense of possibility true that's very true man that's that's like the perfect example you you painting in the small city like you did everything like perfectly like you didn't do anything offensive <laughs> but like you know you're they're already like causing a scene over there without even like trying and stuff so yeah i was really so, not yeah, trying yeah. to offend anybody <laughs> i know that, like Damn, they're really reaching for that one like they're like you could have done anything and they would have got mad so so do you ha what are your goals and aspirations for your art moving forward it's a good question it's uh it's been like 
mural based and going bigger, getting getting more professional, getting uh, more comfortable in different things, but just in general, moving in that direction where it's more of a professional and more of a um, professional, but also in, in my, my style and in my way, because, you know, you could do commissions and stuff that are totally like not what you're used to. Um, ideally, it's for just the sake of like fun or ease to do things in your style. So just just getting to that place where I can like say no to things and say yes to things that are like most convenient to me and, and especially getting getting bigger. Bigger is always harder, but better for I, I think just just optically and visually and everything like bigger bigger walls or just like more walls or just like more work more recognition bigger everything bigger, bigger everything. everything yeah yeah especially walls though but um and yeah like I, i'm starting to really make sure i don't use like smaller canvases too i'm i'm really just focusing on bigger canvases running out of room but like i really want to get just kind of kind of get good with those because when when you see them and you like like I, I'm starting to cram more detail into like a canvas, but if it's a lot of little detail in a big canvas, it really like looks beautiful, especially if you look at it from far away. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I've been into lately. So if you had to choose between the music and the murals for like going forward <laughs> and just blowing up one business or the other, it would be the murals. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Music is his i don't know it's uh it's more of a like a selfish thing for me now it's i don't know i'm very specific with music and it's just so much like like i really respect engineers and sound engineers and stuff like i started i i started like doing all the everything on my own on my end and then you know with my bandmates with my friends and then i started outsourcing things like production stuff because it's just so much and then like programs are coming out different styles of music different things so it's like a huge thing to keep up with it's like i don't know I, i'm honestly a better painter than, than a musician <laughs> i'm an amazing guitarist but i'm very specific with my genres so you know whatever i'll just painting is also the thing is painting like visually like, like we're persuaded more by visuals right like than by sound or by music like visually that's the most persuasive thing the the like visually so that's the thing that overpowers music so i i see art like visual art above music in that it's more captivating and it's more like yeah um, yeah so so, I think so in what ways could you combine the two of of having the visual movies, movies? <laughs> did you say, well, did you yeah, say movies? That's, i was thinking yeah, yeah, yeah i was thinking yeah. about like like, uh, but I don't know if it's like, cause I was thinking like the, the difference between a movie and then an, an actor, cause an actor is like a physical representation of art and they're actually physically, physically, you know, acting. So that's like an amazing like art form, but I guess the movie, because it's, it has the background, it has the music and everything. So like, I guess like a, an actual video or an actual movie that is done right can be like, like one of the peak forms of art i don't know dude if it's like good, yes. it's rare though yes yes probably i don't know yeah yeah man i i've i've found that about video where i love i've been falling in love with making videos 
and, and really what all, kind of I videos? make YouTube videos for all five of my subscribers, man. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I've been, it's like, I started off doing, like, just, like, trying to make, like, little videos about doing murals, you know, and, like, trying to document mm. the process. But it got to where now I feel like I want to try to learn to tell stories with videos. I want to learn how to build rhythm and build pace and maybe, like, take someone on a journey or like lead someone there and then say, Oh, whoops, actually we're going this direction. And like, you know, like have a little bit of element of surprise or, or, or emotion yeah. or something in there. And that's one of the things about video is, is that you could combine the visual and the audio in a way where it's like, you could really bring it together that. And then like yeah. concerts too, like I've noticed like they do that mm -hmm. with, with the lights and all that, they're finding ways to do yeah. that. And that's how the, that part of music is like, above art in some way that, or like visual art because it's yeah like you said the atmosphere yeah it's like you could have the the guy sitting there playing the guitar or you could have the guy sitting there playing the guitar with some lasers coming out and you know it's like <laughs> what's going to capture yeah. more people's attention but the, have you seen yeah. the, the um have you seen the rich men north of richmond oh yeah yeah dude's a very very passionate very very uh captivating dude that because that's crazy because they did the he did the opposite of like visually appealing, you know? Yeah. And that. But it's so raw. That's the yes, thing. Yes, I mean, it's like yes. just so raw. Yeah. yeah. He's also like really a good, like, I guess he's a really good uh, singer, right? Like to me, like he sounds really like he hits those notes and he's like, just like really raw. Yeah. And, uh, dirty, but in a good way. Yeah. So like that lack of uh, that void of like no, bang, 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 in your face, look at this, look at this, flash, flash, <laughs> flashing lights, you know, look, cut, yeah. cut, 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 you know. And we get tired of it, I think. We, we're, like, oversaturated with it, like. So, yeah, you think so? <laughs> you think that, like, we're, uh. I don't know. I mean. Like, well, it depends on the, the uh, you mean, like, with the genre or, or, like, in, like, a live concert? Just, I think in just, in general, I mean, do you think we're tired of, like, overproduced things? Like, we're, like, that we're looking for something maybe, like, more real? Like, cause I feel like that's what happened with this guy. Like, yeah, that's why he yeah, blew up. Be, yeah, I I think so. Something more real. Um, hmm. I don't know, cause it's like it's gotten to a point where it's like, can it get better? Like, what's gonna what's? I mean, just the next thing is they're gonna do smells and touch and shit. Like, you know, use all of your five senses to experience something the VR type thing. Yeah, I don't know. Put you put a microchip <laughs> in your brain and just hit the orgasm uh, button every time. <laughs> every time you hear a song, yeah, yeah. like the specific song. It's oh hilarious. my god, dude! I'm I'm uh, uh. Well, how do you feel about the way the world is going with technology with regards to like just art, life, or anything? You know, like what do you what are your opinion about technology? Technology specifically, and I I guess uh. Well, it's, it's kind of like been the same as far as like uh, we hit a certain point with uh, the Internet and stuff. We're like, oh, damn, we can spread all this information and, you know, get your art, get your music. That was good. And I, I think it was good mostly. And like, you know, you get to learn and you get to see videos about different art and learn history and stuff. That's but And then now the next thing is like the AI, I guess, um, which it, it's kind of not that. Uh, it was impressive for a while, but then now it's like forgettable in some in some ways, unless you're doing something specific. And I don't know. I, I'm not 
too like worried about it or like it's like it is what it is like it's it's not a big deal for me because I, I haven't been hearing about it in the past few weeks too much i don't know it's um it's whatever i think people want things from people like people would rather like something that a person made rather than because it's like oh ai made it oh, okay that's that was impressive for a while but now it's like yeah you can make mona lisa with like big tits or whatever like oh that's really cool <laughs> like it's like yeah you could just type it in and it'll happen like okay it, one trick pony type thing like it happened and like what's the next thing I couldn't agree with you more on that. Like I, I was impressed. And then after a while I was like, yeah. these images kind of looked as plastic and fake. And you could almost kind of like, after you look at it enough, I feel like you could almost recognize right away. It's like, Oh, that's made by a computer. You know, like yeah. at first it was kind of hard to tell the difference between digital art. It's like, but then now you could almost tell like that was made by a digital artist. And this was just made by a computer program. Same thing with yeah. like chat GPT. Like, I feel like I, I could just notice because we've used chat GPT a lot and there was whenever it was first coming out and getting really popular, we were using it like every single day for the business. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and, and then, but now I feel like I've read so many AI written things that I could just tell <laughs> right away, like, oh, that's written by AI. Like there's like, yeah. it just sounds because they, they'll like get overly sentimental or overly dramatic or like overly descriptive <laughs> and they'll do things in weird ways that just like, you could tell it's like an exaggeration of what a human would be. And it's not an actual human. Like there's just something about it. Yep. Yep. I, I agree with that. And I mean, and then people, well, the, the people against what you just said would say, Oh, it's just the beginning. It's the infancy. It's going to get better. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I mean, it could, yeah, it'll, there's, there's, you know, they actually make pictures where you can be like, Oh, is that a real person? Or is that AI? There's, you know, there's that already. And yes. Who cares? Like, really, it's not that big of a, yeah. it's like, okay, what do we do with this? It's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a tool in the end, you know, it's a tool. It and it, hey, I think it's, it could be better if, if it helps you kind of like, well, now, what do you think about this? If, if you're like, have something in your head, you're like, I want like, you know, make a, to paint a cool car that looks specifically like this. And you type it into the uh, AI and you're like, with all those parameters, and then it makes it like similar to what you're doing. So. Is that good or bad? Like, are, can you like study that? Can you like draw based off of that? Paint something based off of that? I don't know. There's a, that's the next thing that's like. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's here's what I wonder about that. All right. And and there's a mm -hmm. there's a very specific like example I'm thinking about where um like so imagine an artist who's never taken anatomy lessons. All right. And mm. then so they don't understand anatomy at all, and so then they're trying to get this portrait of a person. And so they use AI to generate all their reference photos and the AI messes up the anatomy. The person, mm. if they don't actually understand anatomy, they're not going to even recognize where the problem is. So you still need the human in the end, if they're going to make it to recognize what's true and what's not, because the AI doesn't know what's true and what's not. It just knows input output. It doesn't distinct. Yeah. It doesn't distinguish between like, Oh, this one is legitimate. This paper was written by a doctor, an actual doctor. And this paper was written by a 12 year old who forged documents acting like he's a doctor. It can't really necessarily okay. tell the difference yeah. all the time. And so it could say mm -hmm. like, give me medical advice on this. And it could spit out something and it's like, oh, whoops, it accidentally grabbed that from some person who was just making stuff up. And it doesn't know that they were joking. 
it does it's incapable of understanding a joke so i feel yeah. like you're gonna need that like where it's like okay the artist yeah you could have your reference photo of that car but if you don't understand how to put wheels in perspective mm-hmm. it's gonna look off and it's gonna look almost like a, a copy of a copy of a copy of something that's <laughs> plastic and fake to begin with and and i feel yeah. like that's almost gonna bring a a, a downfall to people if they're going to rely overly on technology because it is just a tool in the end. And if all you have is a ham, if you're a hammer and everything looks like a nail, what are you going to do when you come across the screw? It's like, you have to be able to step back and realize like you have to be able to step back and, and, and understand the parts of all what you're working with. And I don't think that, that a computer could necessarily give you a uh, decision-making criteria or it could give you the experience of the muscle memory, you know, like, like what we were talking about, like at the very beginning of our conversation of like, you draw something over and over again. It's like, oh, I know how to draw a circle. And now I could turn it into a lips, put it in perspective. I could flip it on its head. I could draw a box. I yeah. could extend the box out. I could uh, make it look like you're looking up at the box, looking down at the box. If an artist doesn't understand that, um, uh, I don't know how much a computer program is going to help. Now they have things now where you could do like, it does the perspective grids and stuff for you and all that. Yeah. But then you're, but you're still left with the question, okay, now how do you arrange the shapes? How do you arrange the perspectives? How do you, how do you put so them all many, together? Yeah. So, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. in the end, I feel For like sure. it's still going to come down to the competency of the human using the tool. And, and some people, the people who are competent and have that tool and they have the AI, they might be beating out the people who are competent and not using AI. But the people mm, who are competent yeah. and not yeah. using AI they're probably going to beat the people who are incompetent in using AI. Good point. Good point. <laughs> it's a lot to think about, man. That's, I, I think that, and, and putting it that way, I think it kind of means it's, it's not something negative. It, I mean, it could be seen as a positive thing, you know, just as it's like you said, like a tool type of thing. If uh, you, you're able to use it to make yourself better in any slight way, and like if you use it as a study, like study the, the actual 3D rendering or whatever or something, then it can help. Yeah. I mean, do you use projectors for your murals ever? No. But have you heard people say yeah. something like, oh, if you use a projector, you're cheating? Have you ever heard that before? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in between with it. Like I can see both perspectives, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it, it, that's all, that's, that's the same thing with AI. It's like, if, if you're using something like, to what extent can you use something like, can I, can I look at a picture which, and, and do it off of that? Or does it have to be off my memory? It, I don't know. It depends on what you're doing. It depends on what, if you're, are you copying something, someone's work or did you make something and then put it into a bigger projector like that? You had to put in the time to make that thing. Then you put it and project it like, you know, it depends what you're doing really. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause if you're projecting someone else's image and just copy and pasting obviously that's bullshit you know like that's yeah. that's in, in itself you don't even have to pro- if you don't even project it that's bullshit but yeah like if you're making something like i was talking to someone about this uh recently he was gonna buy a projector uh, i think he's gonna do it uh do something on a bigger canvas i'm like so what are you gonna do like what are, are you gonna like just project a picture or something he's like no because he's a graphic designer and he was gonna like graphically make it and then put it on a projector and i'm like dude that's cool yeah just do your thing that's literally like you're just using your own work and just like manipulating it and doing it in your way. Like that's you. Yeah. That's, that's authentic. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I agree. Yeah. And, and you know, like some, like 
I tried a projector before. wasn't a big fan. I've never been a big fan of grids. Some people use mm-hmm. grids yeah, and they knock same. their shit out of the park, and it's amazing. I think it makes it worse for me. I, I tried yeah. grids. I'm like, ah, oh, this is not working. This is worse. Yeah, it bo- I, I don't like boxes, man. You know, like I like to think outside. Like you, this, the yeah. canvas is already a box. I don't want to fill it up with a bunch yeah. of other boxes too. You know? Yeah, and then the uh, like, uh, I see people. I mean, hey, it, I kind of wish I I knew how to do that better. Like. People, you know, where they do the app and stuff, where they do like A, B, C, D, E, N, F, G, all the shit. Like, yeah, yeah, the characters and stuff. Like, oh, kind of wish I could do that. That seems easier, but, but now, nah, I mean, I, I, I admire people who go off of like not, not uh, projectors more because you're kind of making it ambiguous. Like, like you said, it's not, it's not more out of the box. It's more like freehand, I guess. Yeah, that thing. It's got more flow. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. the grids can make stuff look static. You know. Yeah. Like uh, it, it looks like too uniform, too controlled. But if you don't have that grid, yeah, you know, true. like you could have that little expression where maybe someone draws their figures a little bit elongated. Maybe people, someone, the other person, <laughs> draws a little bit short and chunky, and then that's their style. Yeah. But then if they have that grid, it just like locks them into exactly how the reference photo was. Dude, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I admire. It's it's not good because it's also it's not good because it's like you know you're making things hard on yourself, mm-hmm. which is uh good and bad like i think to some extent you kind of have to like struggle to make something good but like uh one of the things with with my style i was trying to limit like uh struggle because like i i assume you might be this way like kind of difficult to like on yourself in like choosing colors unless you have your own color scheme that you're like more comfortable with that's i think that's the way to go if you're like not wanting to put so much of a burden on yourself because you could be there all day be like which brown and which you know which blue or you could kind of stick to the ones you know and like kind of get to your destination faster you're like okay i have this set of like like color scheme or or, you know you know what works best just use that like for now use that template you can make adjustments but make it easy on yourself because you're not even on the canvas yet like you're already like having an internal battle with all the colors um but it's also like you can spend a lot of time with the internal colors and come up with something beautiful because you worked so hard on the color scheme. So I don't know. What, I don't know what your take on that is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I like the idea of an artist refining their palette, and, and you know, or art because because artists fall in love with colors, and and sometimes you could tell like all oh, this artist they've fallen in love with red, and mm. and that red emanates throughout all of their work. And, and so I've definitely yeah. fallen in love with colors and I've had that experience where, and I'll get like moods where like sometimes it'll be a year or like a several months where I'm like Prussian blue and phthalo blue. I want to add that to everything. And then I'm like, I'm kind of yeah. tired of that now. I want to do something else. Yeah. And, um, yeah. but the, I'm actually working on a design, uh, right before us, we were here talking, I'm working on a design for a mural for a gym and their walls are oh, like nice. bright orange bright bright orange mm. and oh, so I love i'm it. I love it, dude. i'm struggling trying to find <laughs> out the right colors to match with this i'm like yeah here, you let, already know you're gonna use blue on that black uh, yeah i have a, yeah i'm gonna pull up the design i'll get your critique maybe you could give me an idea of what we could do here so like this it's a little it's a little blurry the screen hopefully okay, i can see it yeah okay. it's trained like a beast this is just a little digital sketch this is a new app too so i don't really know how to use it very well so don't be making fun of my uh, uh, amateur uh, 
Ooh. Photoshop sketch. It skills. is very blurry, but I can see a general outline. Is that that's like green, like bright green? Yeah, it's gonna be like a bright green. Okay. It's gonna oh, be a cool. fist like holding a uh, holding a dumbbell. So you're doing the back. You did the background black. You're gonna do the background black. Yeah. And then leave the orange. Yeah, the orange is gonna that's be like cool. like cracks coming out of the lava. That's like that's like my favorite color scheme right there. Just like, the orange, the green, and the black. Like, yeah, well, like. Uh, the black and the green, and then like uh, either a yellow or a red, red or an orange, how, like to hell yeah. accent it. You think yeah, you would dude, add any other colors cool. in there? Would you add any other colors in there, or? Uh... Mm. I mean, it depends how big and where it's gonna be. I it's guess like uh, Jason, it's like seven else. and a half by like seven foot. And then like around it, it's gonna be like orange. And yeah, stuff. it's all gonna be that yeah. other orange. Yeah. I know that's that's cool, man. That's the center. That's the centerpiece. I think that'll really pop. With, uh, you can't go wrong with that green on black, man. Um, yeah, no, dude, that that's cool. I, I don't. I wouldn't want to mess it up any more than that. Okay. Oh, yeah, I got cryptic and Nicholas approval on the design. Yeah, dude, send it off. <laughs> Get it done already. Hell yeah. I was thinking, like, like could the dumbbells be blue? But no, I, I don't know. That's, much, too, that's much, too much. I'll try it out, dude. I'll because that's the nice thing about digital. You could throw it on and take it right yeah. back off. So I'm going to try that out. I'll take that idea because I, I need some yeah. inspiration here because I'm like, I feel like I'm, uh, I don't know if pulling straws or pulling teeth or what the fuck the metaphor is, but I'm, I'm digging <laughs> deep for this inspiration because it's, yeah. it's very different than the style that I'm used to, but I'm always up for a challenge. So, Hey, I appreciate your feedback on that. Yeah. Take a look at that. That's yeah. <laughs> cool. That's cool. Hell yeah. Well, so if people want to follow you and see your work, what's some good places for them to do that online? Um, follow me on Instagram, uh, cryptic enigma one, the number one. Mm -hmm. And I just have like a link in my bio, but that's, that's probably the best way to just like quickest way to sift through my art and, uh, just hit me up that way. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go ahead and direct people there. Cryptic enigma one and uh check me out there or check me out uh in person i'm always uh posting events that come up or live paintings or uh, progress on what i'm doing so we've got a couple of shows next month um yeah where are your shows uh, next month uh kind of not established yet as as far as a date mm -hmm. um, i'm trying to get this new piece in uh in a in a gallery that should be end of september and then i have one at far out lounge on the 29th so yeah i'm just just random places and if i post uh suddenly it'd just be a, like a random live painting too or if i'm posting progress just check out my progress see what see what i'm up, I'm up to this month because i don't even know sometimes it just happens <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, everybody, go check out Cryptic. You too, man. What you been up? You're, you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, getting that that gym piece done soon, or yeah. you're gonna still kind of work on it for a if while. If they approve of the design, I have to show them the the. I already showed them the drawing, but my iPad broke, and so I, I was like, <laughs> guys, I'm no. doing this old fashioned style. I'm coming in, and then so we get the new iPad, and they have they don't have the program that I use on my old iPad, and so I'm like trying to learn this whole entire new thing. <laughs> To uh, go show them what the color is going to look like, and uh, yeah. so if they approve of that, I'm starting next week, and uh, so yeah, we got that one coming up. I'm excited about it. Nice. It's a challenge. I've nice. never done a painting in a bright orange room before. It's bright orange and black, which is good for a warehouse gym, but it's not yeah. when you have someone with a strong primary color as like their main color. 
you're really limited as to like you know whatever type because mm-hmm. you don't want to do something that'll clash with it so yeah for sure for sure that all of course like the black and then that primary color and or white with it too mm-hmm. it's kind of but yeah that no that's that's good that's i mean that that's the style that i love it i think i got it from like a certain older like you said the the stained glass and then skateboarding and logos and stuff all that stuff just really made an impression on me with graffiti so it's just that that, that bold style i think so i love it Oh yeah. Well, Cryptic, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for talking. Thanks for uh, making art in Austin, making Austin more beautiful. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, people appreciate that. And uh, if they don't, they can fuck off and move somewhere else. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're doing you're doing great work down there. I, too, I really man. love your murals. I like your color scheme. Y'all better come down here soon, dude. We're, hey, I'll I'll hit you. Up. We are planning on coming down. Uh, we're going to be down there probably when it gets cooler. Uh, yeah. Cause we, we have a deal for uh, some murals, but they're all outside and man, I'm not trying to paint outside cause it's outside with no shade and I, oh. I'm trying to wait till it gets a little cooler and they don't have a dead, like a Dude, deadline. Let me know if you need some, no, of course, let me know if you need some help or something. I'm down to come by. Oh, that sounds great. Awesome. Yeah, dude. If it, yeah. Yeah. Just, as long as it's not too hot. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to limit it to either. I'm painting outside. It's gonna be night or morning. Yeah, for sure. Well, what time before we go? What time in Austin? Like, what month do you think it'll be? Good month to come down and start painting because they said uh, they're gonna be ready by sh- September, but I think that's probably gonna still be too hot. That's a that's a hit or miss. There's a it's cooling down. Um, because I the way I I base off of is uh, ACL happens like the first or like the second uh, weekend of October, and that's when. It weather's decent enough to be outside in a festival. It's not like mm-hmm. killer. It it kind of can suck, but it's starting to get you getting some rain here and there, and it's like in the nineties or it could go down to the eighties sometimes, seventies at night. So, like, we can push it to like October. That'd be best. Oh yeah, end of September maybe. Well, I, I know I'm gonna be in Florida end of September. What about uh, November? You could be around November. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. November would be perfect actually. Like. But we'll, November is is ideal for for like the weather. Oh yeah, Marley's got mm-hmm. a um her first solo show, um at a local gallery, Ooh. and she's doing a series cool. on birds, and that's in October. So we're gonna try to be here and, and help promote the hell out of that to help you know get her some traction with that show. She's doing some awesome paintings of birds, man. They look great. So uh, oh, we're gonna awesome. uh, do that here in October. But I think what we've been looking at is November. So I'll definitely hit you up and see. Uh, Cause we're going to be down there filming and stuff too. We're going to try to make a extension of the video. We made a video about the first one, about the first project. So we're going to go back. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a cool school, man. They have this whole entire concrete wall. It's just like around the whole entire compound. And it's just, I like, saw a lot of what y'all posted it. Really cool. I, I love it. I love the, the animals and the colors of course. Oh yeah. So that yeah, con- I, I've seen it. I don't know if I've seen it entirely, but I saw a lot of pictures. You of ever, you ever painted on like unprimed concrete before? Yes. It sucks, uh, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Especially if there's like, uh, well, if, especially if it's like, so it, it's just like concrete, like cinder block based. Literally. Unpro- yeah. It, it oh, literally man. sucks. Like it sucks up all the. No, paint. I haven't done, uh, I haven't done that. Like to that extent. No, just something similar to that. Like with bricks and like mortar in between stuff. Mm-hmm. Horrible. But, 
Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. Oh my God. We, it cost us like double what we thought it was going to cost in paint. I was like, this is only, coats, huh? yeah, I was like, it's going to cost like maybe like a thousand dollars worth of paint. By the time it was done, we were over like $2,000 in supplies. I'm like, Oh, oh. my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah. Unprimed just straight up. Yeah. You got to like slather it on try to make it smoother yeah it helps out saving the money though to get uh the like just to get some cheap primer some outdoor exterior primer mm-hmm. and just like double triple mm. prime it if you can so you don't waste that expensive exterior mm. for colors going on all right kids you hear that <laughs> some tips oh yeah now go paint some walls yes go make your world and your town more beautiful everybody yeah all right cryptic i'll see you later man it was good talking to you all right elijah thanks for having me on peace out